your uniqueness is your genius. Your there, it doesn't matter how many podcasts on marketing or sales there are out there, or how many podcasts about horses there are out there. You are the only one that's going to convey your message in the way that you do. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the marvelous Michelle Abraham. International speaker, podcast producer, and host Michelle Abraham is the author of the upcoming book, The Profitable Podcast. Voted number 16 the last two years on Podcast Magazine's list of the top 50 moms in podcasting. She was also awarded Entrepreneur of the Year by Business from the Heart and nominated for People's Choice Award. Michelle is the founder of Amplify You, described by Shark Tank alumni Kevin Harrington as North America's top podcast management company. Dang! Amplify You specializes in done-for-you services, helping visionary entrepreneurs with a powerful message to market and monetize their podcasts while making a lasting impact. Michelle and her team have launched more than 200 podcasts in the last three years and manage over 65 shows weekly. Michelle has been sharing her passion and mentoring podcasters since 2012, an advocate for the freedom lifestyle she walks her talk, living off the grid on a lake and boating her kids to school, all the while running her successful online business. Michelle, I am so freaking excited to have you here today. I've been waiting for this interview for so long, but you're finally here to tell us what do small business owners need to focus on this week? Ooh, I love that question. Ooh, what do small business owners need to focus on today? I think they need to start thinking about how they make a transformation in their customers instead of a transaction. Oh, damn. You know, that a good I was gonna love that, didn't you? <laughs> you woke up this morning and you're like, I'm gonna say transformation over transaction and I'm gonna make Annie's head explode. I know you were thinking that, <laughs> but that's so totally true, right? That's mm-hmm. there is a ocean of difference between this is a person looking to solve a problem in their life, in their business, looking to grow, even, and this is a person who's possibly gonna pay me totally different world. Tell me more. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, we're so much, so much about what we do right now is about relationships and relationships are the key to business. And if you can help someone find their transformation or give them a transformation, even then they're going to be a customer for life. They're going to, they're going to be feeling indebted to you. You're going to be their hero, (laughs) whatever it is. But I think if, you know, we stop focusing on, is this person going to pay me or who's going to be the next client? Like that's where business changes. And that's when you're taking business to a whole different level, which I think uh, we are moving. I know we are moving our whole, the consciousness of the world is shifting into more that kind of thinking and that kind of business rather than 
the typical business uh, that we're in right now. Yes, because it's, I mean, we, my God, here comes the cliche, y'all, put your seatbelt on, but it's about the journey. Absolutely. Right? If we're focusing on the transaction, we're focusing on the beginning or end of that journey exclusively, depending on what we're selling. But if we're focusing on the transformation, we're looking at supporting people before, during, and after, even if our contact point with them is just a transaction, because we're speaking to the transformation on either side of it, and we're setting them up for success on either side of it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we want to set people up for success. We want to get them get them a win, like get them a freaking win. Don't make them pay you first for a win, <laughs> like get them a win. And then, 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 then their eyes are open, then they're <laughs> ready to roll, right? <laughs> Let's talk about the power of small wins. Because I I teach sales and funnels as like Russian nesting dolls, right? Where you solve one problem, take off the head. There's another problem underneath it. Take off the head. There's another problem underneath it. And eventually we get to your product, right? But that's your pipeline. Your social solving a problem. Your funnel solving a problem. Your email follow-ups solving a problem. Your podcast is solving a problem, whatever it may be. This podcast endeavors to solve the problem that most marketing and sales podcasts are incredibly boring. We're working on that, y'all. But, you know, you're solving that series of problems by creating that series of small wins. Why are small wins so freaking powerful, Michelle? Yeah, I think it, it just, it builds confidence. It builds confidence in what the problem is. It builds confidence in like the person who's helping you get that small win that they can then help you with a bigger win. Mm-hmm. So I think the the confidence and plus, damn, it feels good to have a small win, right? Then you, yeah, you, you're, it does. you're excited, motivated, ready to roll to the next problem, right? Uh, feels like you can conquer um, you know, like, yes, you're standing on the mountaintop. I've conquered, even though it's a really small win. I've conquered and it yeah. feels good. Let's do it again. <laughs> it's it's a check mark, right? I'm one of those people that write the to-dos that I've already done on my list if they weren't there already, just so I have that satisfaction of crossing them off, mm-hmm. right? But that's that that burst of confidence, that burst of something happened today. There was movement today. There was progress today. I showed up today. Mm-hmm. And And if you're saying focus on their transformation, then you're also saying I showed up for someone else today. To your point about how great it feels, like Absolutely. you get to go to sleep that night and go, I led some people toward where they wanted to go. Absolutely. I mean, when I get on a call with someone on a sales call and you're a sales coach, you, you probably teach this too. When I get on the sales call, I'm connecting with them and I'm seeing where I can give them a little win or a little nugget here and a little, you know, little tip here or help there. So when they get off the call, whether or not they're joining my program or not, I don't really my main thing is that I left them with something that was better than when they came in. So that's going to help them get that win, whether they get it right there on the call or they go and do something to get a bigger win. Uh, whatever that is, that's my goal when I get off the call with them. Because it is a snowball effect, right? It's that incremental progress that gets us the big win. It's, it's that's right. one of the things that I rebelled against so freaking much at the beginning of whatever business was at the beginning of all of my businesses. <laughs> A bajillion years ago, like a decade ago, (laughs) I was so consistency, structure, and process avoidant. I didn't want it. I'm a creative. I'm a change maker. I'm a thought leader. I'm going to show up how I want to. 
I don't care if it's inconsistent. I'm in control. Okay. That's a really great way to build a network extremely slowly, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I started showing up consistently that I saw progress, right? So that's another thing I think that's so powerful about that small win or the transformation is that that's also true for us. It's true for the clients and it's true for us. We're not growing our business one marathon at a time. We're growing it every single day in our processes, in our delivery, and in how we care for our customers. So I just love all of this. What else is going through your mind right now, Michelle? What? Tell me more about this. When we treat someone as a transaction or when we as business owner get really focused on that one second buy button click, what do we miss? What do we, what do we um, blind ourselves to the possibility of? Yeah, I think we miss the opportunity to like, it kind of reminds me of the saying, like, you don't know who you're sitting next to by bypassing all those steps. Um, I feel like you don't get to know who's really sitting in front of you or sitting with you and having a conversation with you. So by connecting first and getting to know them a little bit uh, first, I think, you, you know, it allows you to like kind of have a better idea. Like, you know, this person uh, might not be a fit for what you're doing right now, but maybe they have someone that they know that would be a perfect guest on your podcast. Or maybe um, maybe you have something for, for one of someone they know, you know, so um, I think it you it just allows you to get deeper into like who the person is that you're sitting with rather than just focusing on that transaction again. Shifting gears, but staying in that same lane at the same time. As as a podcasting and platform expert, when someone starts a podcast or when someone puts out a message and they aren't sure exactly who they're talking to or they haven't done that groundwork, to go out and connect or, you know, they're kind of just shooting in the dark. How can you tell? Like, what are some of the telltale signs of folks who don't know who they're marketing to? Oh, that's, this is a great question. Um, so there's 2.7 million podcasts out there. Um, a good third, a good two thirds of those have pod faded about 10 or 12 episodes. So they're out there. They've got about 10 or 12 episodes in those people have not figured out who they're talking to or nor have they had an authentic voice because if you are not saying your truth you are not mm-hmm. speaking your truth your voice you can't fake it this is not an industry or not a platform that you can fake it till you make it honestly you <laughs> you cannot keep up a facade for that many episodes <laughs> so you have to be legitimately aligned with you aligned with your message, aligned with who you're speaking to. Otherwise, it just won't work. No, no, it will not. And on the (laughs) flip side, the empowering part of that is if you're feeling timid about your voice or if you're feeling timid about the truth of the circumstance or the needs of the people you're talking to, you have an infinitely better chance of success, not just in podcasting, but in business overall, if you bite the bullet and lean into your own you-ness, mm-hmm. for lack of an actual term, right? Absolutely. And and I think I think that timidity is is just a form of self-protection. But you can see it, you can hear it in the branding, you can hear it in the show. Absolutely. So yeah. What questions about our audiences do you recommend that we ask ourselves or do you recommend that we ask our listeners? 
I think, first of all, you need to remember, like, this is something we say at Amplify You, your uniqueness is your genius. You're, there, it doesn't matter how many podcasts on marketing or sales there are out there or how many podcasts about horses there are out there. You are the only one that's going to convey your message in the way that you do. So a couple of things I like to ask uh, my, my listeners or potential listeners is like, what, like, what questions you have or like kind of notice what people are already naturally asking you what do people automatically come to you for advice on like those are the things that you should be you know really talking about in your show um those are the things that are going to be easy for you to talk about but i also think that the exercise of those you know first 15 or 20 episodes even if you don't continue on is a great practice to get clarity on what is your voice? What is your message? I know it took me four freaking years to <laughs> launch my podcast because I was fearful. I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. I didn't have clarity as like I was helping people launch podcasts long before I had my own. And it's just because I didn't know what who was me, who did I want to talk to. And then I realized, mm-hmm. wait a second, everyone's asking me about podcasting. I love talking about podcasting. I love teaching about podcasting. I'm like, maybe I should just stop resisting it. And maybe it is podcasting. That is what I love talking about. And it is where my passion is. And I can share a message about this incredible platform. So for me, it took me taking that unclarity and that hesitation and that fearfulness and being like, what is it that people are already asking me? What are they wanting to know from me? And recognizing that that was my uniqueness and just running with it. Yes. I love that uniqueness idea, right? Because this, I think this show is, is born of, of me honoring that in myself in that for as long as I can remember Mm -hmm. when I watch a movie or when I sit down to something, I'm like, Oh, that'd make a really good blog post or, Oh, that's a really good sales technique. Right. I've always done this. Maybe I wasn't looking for sales, but back when I was a life coach, you know, in the eighties, I wasn't a life coach in the eighties. I was a child in the eighties, but I was being dramatic. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like back when I was then, I was always looking for examples of positive psychology and TV and like all of this stuff. That's just how my brain works. And so when I was coming up with a podcast idea, I thought, well, damn, why don't I just lean into that? You know, and, and you and I talked in the pre-chat, I just attended She Podcast Live in Scottsdale not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, and it was fabulous. Um, but one of the things they invited us to was a live taping of this true crime podcast called Fruit Loops, Serial Killers of Color. And this show was so freaking unique from promise to delivery, just nonstop uniqueness and damn it if I didn't come home, subscribe and binge like 15 episodes because A, they're totally right. Most true crime podcasts are about white people and I am trying not to just silo all of my knowledge, including serial killers to white people, but they also did such a good like DEI and inclusion component and it's educational and it's fun and it's light and they have running gags. And I was like, God, this is great. Like, and, and nothing against the big podcast, but I thought it was just as good as Crime Junkie. You know, I thought it was just as good because it was maybe a lot more unique. So mm. I love this idea of leaning into your uniqueness. What about, what about interviews? Are, how do we, if we're going to interview, number one, as a thought leader, do you think it's a good idea 
to reach out to others and, and to bring them to combine their voice with yours? Or what are the dangers, I guess, of, of losing yourself in interviews? Basically, Michelle, please rant at me about interviews, pros and cons. <laughs> I love it. And, and it just back to that uniqueness. I think you, uh, you do such a great job of bringing like authentically you into like your hosting and recording of your episodes. Like that's what I love about your show. I think that's you. you've done a great job of that. And I'm going to go check out that Fruit Loop show. I think that sounds awesome to you. Oh my God, it's so good. You know why? I will totally take airtime on this show to plug Fruit Loops. That show is great. And it also was really enlightening because they have these things called Culture Corner. And Culture Corner explains the difference and significance and, and varying experience of people of color in these stories so that, you know, when we're listening, we're also getting cultural context and we're learning. And I just thought that so freaking responsible and beautiful and oddly actionable for a true crime podcast. Mm, I love that. That's great. And that opens the doors to what I was going to say about interviews is that really like that uniqueness and that content, like that's not going to be found anywhere else. The creativity is like wide open for podcasting. So you know, it's like the Wild West though. There's no right or wrong and you don't have to fit into a container that's existing out there. You can create your own, like how you've done in this show. Like, it's so great how you can um, weave pop culture into small business talk and sales and marketing and, and it become this unique blend of something that's you. So when it comes to interviewing, I would suggest to our clients, like, yeah, interviews are amazing and they're such a great way. It's actually like the way the needle is going to move on your business is through the interviews in your podcast. But let your audience get to know you first. Statistically shows across the board, every show I've looked at that we work with, when I look at the numbers and their stats and the analytics of their show, the show is that it's them solo are far more downloadable or far more downloads on them usually than a show with a guest. But there's definitely a place for the guest. The guest, you have to think about your guest in a in a in a good way here. So you don't just want any random guests on your show. You've built this audience. They're liking, knowing, trusting you. You want to bring in someone that speaks to the same audience that you're creating. It doesn't make sense if you bring someone on that's in, although however cool they are, where they're celebrity-ish, they don't, <laughs> the, your, your audience is not going to resonate with them the same way that it's uh, someone from your audience. So for example, like Tony Robbins, he talks about the same things on all the episodes. So you see an episode with Tony Robbins, someone might be like, oh yeah, I've, I've heard an episode with him. Don't need to listen to that one. I'm going to skip to the, the one with Annie on there. I don't know Annie. And Annie's story sinks yeah. to, with me. Like, oh my gosh, I resonate so much about what she said. Her story similar to mine. That's amazing. So that's one kind of interview where the story resonates with the problem that your audience has. The second option for the guest is that it's someone who ha who works with the same audience you do, but solves a different problem. So for example, I love working with book author coaches because they have someone that's building a platform through writing a book. Oftentimes they need to get on podcasts to share the message about their book or they want to have their own podcast. So those are similar audiences to ours. So it makes a lot of sense if I interview those kind of people. Secondly, 
when you are interviewing the whole, the whole thing is you're, you're using your podcast to leverage your relationship. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for people who I want to get to know, like Annie, Hey, I saw you speak. I want to get to know you more. I want to invite you on my podcast because I want to get to know you more. And those behind the before and after my conversations is really where we can talk about collaborating together. We can talk about maybe doing some, some business together. Maybe I need to hire you for something or you need to hire me for something or you know someone, one of your clients needs to hire me. So that's where the magic happens for me in podcasting and where I kind of help our clients realize that that's where the magic happens is not necessarily in the download numbers. Oh, yeah. Podcasting is by far the best networking I've ever done. Right. <laughs> and that is me guesting and me hosting this show. And the the example you gave of, you know, someone hears you speak, they invite you to their show. That is legitimately exactly how you wound up on this show. I heard you speak. I thought you were great. I reached out to you and said, hey. Exactly. Right. And then you're going to come on my show and it's like the same. So it's like, um, it's, it's such a cool way of, I think, getting to open the door for new relationships of people that you wouldn't have otherwise connected with. I can't imagine. So this show was born December 7th, 2020. I cannot imagine the last year of my life without the people that I've met in it. I can't. They're my best advisors. I've hired them. They've hired me. They're my best clients. They're my dear friends. They're my advisory board when I don't know if I should go left or right. I go out and I DM people that have been on my podcast. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> what's going on? And it doesn't feel like I'm picking their brain. And I can be within boundary to be like, hey, I really want to ask you this one question. And they're like, cool, Annie. Yes, of course. What do you need? The what do you need mentality, I think, is so much easier when you've given someone volume to put behind their voice. Oh my gosh, yes. And like, I love this, like, I love this. And it is a technique, but it's like, it's so human. It's like, I want to lead with service in my business and I want to lead in with service in my life. It's like, so I want to reach out to someone and say, hey, Annie, I have a platform. I would love to showcase you, promote you, make you the star on my show. Can you please come on my show? Uh, like, hello, absolutely. I will come on your show. And just like the law of reciprocity, it happens, but it's like, it's, that's just like the bonus. That's the icing on the cake is not really, I mean, that's just, uh, it's just so cool. What happens afterwards, like you said, you become like, you can, you have that relationship now where you can text them or DM them, or they want to, they want to support you because you've supported them. And I just can't wait to bastardize that quote from before where you accidentally made it sound like I'm more interested than Tony Robbins. Can't wait to use that quote everywhere. Thanks, Michelle. You signed a waiver. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You're welcome. (laughs) I don't want to listen to Tony Robbins. I want to listen to Annie P. Ruggles. Thank you, Michelle, for that beautiful soundbite. Andrew, producer Andrew, who I love so much, please make sure we're using that everywhere. All right. This has been so amazing. I love how we talked about transformation and small wins, leaning into uniqueness, building relationships, fostering relationships through reciprocity. You've dropped gem after gem in this episode, Michelle, and I'm super grateful. Michelle, I was getting ready to ask you this critical question, which is, what does any of this have to do 
podcasting, interviewing, uniqueness, transformation. What does that have to do with our pop culture topic today? And then guess what happened, listeners? The internet took a great big crap on my dream of asking Michelle that question and said, no, we're going to tank Michelle's internet forever. But it wasn't forever. It was only for a little while. And she's back in the studio with me today. I can finally say, Michelle, what the heck is going on with Back to the Future? What does any of this have to do with our beloved Marty McFly? And welcome back, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. And our internet fast-forwarded me to the future. So I love it. So that was very timely. So here I am. <laughs> Hey, now that is how you take a tech nuisance and turn it into a good time. That's right. So now a week later, I can tell you all the things that happened in Back to the Future. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just finished watching all three of the Back to the Futures with my kids and they loved them. They thought they were the best movies ever. They're six and nine years old and like such a cool movie, even like so many years later. And I think what it has a lot to do with podcasting these days is that podcasting is kind of like that fancy new train in back to the future three that comes blasting through. It came blasting through my life like that back about 10 years ago (laughs) where it's like, this is a glimpse of the future. What things are going to be like, uh, jump aboard this train, let's go for a ride. And it's totally brought us here today. Like where the podcast space, as you know, any changes like on a freaking daily basis. It's so crazy. Like one moment we're doing this and then the next moment Spotify is being bought by something and you know another another huge company is being you know buying buying a large show for a huge amount of money and like things move so fast to the fact where I was just sharing with someone um a few minutes ago that something I recommended last year I no longer recommend and it's like holy crap it's moving so fast. Yes. It really, really is. And and luckily, or I was lucky, not luckily, I was very lucky and fortunate to get to go to a whole presentation about women and podcast listenership put on by Edison Research at She Podcast Live. Mm-hmm. And that, I am the cookie monster of that kind of data. Like if you put a chart in front of me, I'm like, nom, 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 nom. tell me all the data. But if you look at the way that, audio and specifically podcast is gaining traction. You might not think that like a 1%, 2%, 3% gain year over year is big. And then you remember that there are literally billions of people in the world. And we're talking about one or 2% of billions of people or millions of people, at least in the US. So I, I love that idea of like, it came on through like a train. I got to back up though. Not a business related question at all, because I love that you have introduced your kids to the classics. Having grown up when these movies first came out, we were given a very clear picture of what the future should be. Namely, hoverboards. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm waiting for a hoverboard. Not given them. Right. So, considering your kids were born more recently and are uh, living in the future that we were promised without hoverboards, how did your kids take to the depiction of the now, known then as the future? Yeah, it was, you know, everything else in that movie almost is kind of like real, like life today. It looked, to me, looking at it from, you know, the 2021 
lens, it looks like it does today, except for the hoverboards. <laughs> you know, and, and you know what they said though is my kids are funny. They said, Yeah, we don't have hoverboards that are like that. But as we were saying that, there's a guy on our lake who's hoverboarding along the lake over the over the water with a hoverboard. So they're here, <laughs> maybe just not in the road yet, but they're here on the lake. The future is now. <laughs> we're just not on a lake, everybody. The future is real on a lake. I love that your kids are like, well, hold on. It's partially true. Like they're breaking it down optimistically. Whereas the rest of us, like jaded Gen Xers and millennials are like, I was promised so many things. And the only thing that became true is that Biff became president. That's the (laughs) only thing that became true. Like that is unfair. But I think, I think you're so right in the way that like it, I think that's part of the thing about like why we listen to podcasts about the past and why we listen to podcasts about what we think the future will be is because everything repeats, mm-hmm. right? So like there are stories in the past that are resident now. And a lot of my favorite podcasts are storytelling podcasts like Lore or Criminal that literally tell me stories about things that previously occurred. But some other things, I know a lot of people listen to fantasy nonfiction podcasts about the future or uh, they listen to nuclear fission podcasts to talk about how we're going to fix the planet and stuff. And I just think it's it's so lovely that that podcasting not only is the future, but it's really providing a through line for narratives of all times. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I remember at the beginning of 2020, when the pandemic was just starting, how I was like, ooh, do we talk about it on the podcast? Because it's going to make the podcast not so evergreen. Do we go there with current events stuff? And that was something previously that we were kind of, you know, shying away from current events in the types of podcasts that that we do because you're you're going to date them, right? So. Yeah. Listening to a business podcast now, like three years later, that's not like some of us, that's not relevant. So really holding back on what was happening in our pandemic life, you know, and then, and then finally it was like, this thing's not going anywhere. We're going to talk about it. And, but now this is going to give the narrative for the future generations to go back and listen to now some of what we were going through and what our thoughts were during this time that nobody has ever kind of experienced before. And you have the opportunity to change your mind. Right. So it's not like you, you said earlier, there is a product that you love to recommend a year ago and things have changed so much. You don't recommend it anymore. It's not like your recommendation at the time is suddenly somehow backwards wrong and you gave horrible things. Your, your opinion has evolved. The situation has evolved. The problem has changed therefore. Right. So I think Sometimes when we think about putting ourselves out there and and carving little itty bitty individual episodes of a legacy, we have a tendency to get so precious about each and every word we ever said, but, but you're allowed to change your mind, right? Yeah. And as a podcaster, the more you use your voice, the more you're personally going to grow. It's actually one of the things that we're seeing right now, which is super crazy with people are getting so out of alignment because they're evolving so much. You you cannot but help personally evolve and grow by doing being a podcaster. <laughs> it's just naturally going to happen. You, you're growing, you're using your voice, you're, you're standing up for what you believe in, you're sharing your information you're going to grow and your mind's going to change. And it's okay that your podcast evolves with you. And it's okay that what you said last year is no longer relevant. 
And this year yeah. you change your mind. That's totally fine. Like we just have to be okay with that. When podcasts first start started, like we had to, you know, like we mentioned earlier, we, had, we felt like it had to be like, we can only talk about that. We can't, we can't kind of flow into what, where we're growing and actually you can. And I think it's better if you do, because then your podcast stays true to alignment with you. Heck yes. I'm so glad you brought up alignment. I think that it's absolutely freaking brilliant. Because I totally agree. If you stay in alignment with yourself and with your message and with the problem that you're trying to solve, then your opinion may evolve, but your alignment is really not likely to change. You're probably not going to wake up one day having an epiphany and go, you know what? I hate podcasting. Let's burn it all down. Okay. That's probably not going to happen. So as long as you're trying to give the best tools and the best tips, podcasters at the time, what that tip is, is allowed to change without you being out of alignment. I I just have this like ridiculous fantasy of, you know, the, the picture that Marty has of his siblings and like it's fading. (laughs) Fading, I I wish we all had like a copy of our podcast art or our headshot or something yeah. on our desk. And if we started going out of alignment, it would start to fade. Totally. Wouldn't that be so goofy? And then we would have to be like, oh no, yeah, I made a decision that's impacting my alignment. <laughs> my solution, time for a new season. <laughs> new yes, season, new art, let's go. And one of the funny things about that is that, you know, when you record your intro and outro, when you first launch a podcast, you are... Sh- crappy end podcasting at that point right like you're you suck like to be honest like you're not good and yet that's the intro and outro that's on every episode so you do after a while want to go back and refresh that yeah yeah you want to put a fresh coat of paint on that sucker I mean, that goes for everything. Like I went to my program the other day and I was going through it to like audit it. And I was like, wow, this is so good. And I'm bopping along. And then I'm like, listen, 2020 is going to be a great year. And I was like, ah! <laughs> little did you know, put a fresh coat of paint on this program. Might need to replace this video. I was just like, oh my God, hysterical. Because I'm also like, Luckily, I know that the program is good enough that that one little gaffe isn't going to really pull my clients out of it. But I can just see my clients being like, okay, A, she needs to update this video. And <laughs> yeah. B, okay, now we know Annie could be extremely wrong. Like, okay, <laughs> yes, I can. That's awesome. But, you know, and okay, hold on. I want to go back to this alignment and keep tying it into Back to the Future because now I'm just having so much fun doing this. Johnny be good was not in alignment with the prom <laughs> and Marty should have considered his audience or, or Johnny be good was not in alignment with the prom and it's good that he stayed true to himself and played his music anyway. Which one do you think it is? Oh, I think B. <laughs> that he B, stayed true you think it's to himself. good that he just did him? Yes, that he did him because that was what he was meant to do all along. Well, you do you, Marty McFly, a.k.a. Kevin Klein. You do you. (laughs) Marty McFly. Calvin What a name. What is it, Kevin Klein? Kevin Klein is an actor. (laughs) Calvin Klein. What did you say? I said Marty McFly. What a name. (laughs) Marty McFly. Just. Now, we're in the podcasting space now. Now, like, imagining them, you know, where 
they went back and they looked and they were, you know, he was overweight. He was getting divorced. He was getting, they were going to get divorced. He was like being fired from his job. Now that's what happens when you don't do season two <laughs> you just, and you get out of alignment with your podcast. That's what happens when you allow pod fade to take you into totally. a dark place. Right. And then Doc shows up and he's like, we have to go back. And you're like, I just got there. What's going on right here? And then I'm so confused. Something about my children. I have children. What is happening? But then it's okay because then in the real future, your kids point out that hovercrafts do sort of exist. I know. So maybe the future might be bright after all. Yeah. They still want to do it out of a car though. Come on. Like that's pretty cool. As a car is moving fast, jump out of the car into a hoverboard. Not there yet. <laughs> I've also been waiting for DeLorean doors to come back on cars. Oh, yeah. But somebody pointed out to me one day, like legit in a heated argument that we were having. They were like, and you're never going to get a DeLorean because you're too short to work the doors. And I was like, that is <laughs> true. You'd have to like jump and hang on it and pull it in. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly uh, not going to make me a target at all in the city of Chicago for a car checking when I'm literally having to leap in my car and slam it shut behind me. Oh, goodness. There's a visual. Listen, DeLorean makers of the world, robotic doors. That's what I need you to do. That's right. Anyway, wow. We can do everything right, else so- with the push of a button. Why can't we do the doors? <laughs> Why can't we do the doors? <laughs> Another question for you. Biff Tannen, is he or is he not the movie equivalent of bro marketing? And what do we do about the Biff Tannens of the world? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, totally. I don't know. I don't know what to do with them. They're just, they're just there. <laughs> they what are do, just you, there. What do you do with them? I think, I don't know. I think you got to not let them. I think that, you know, you just got to not let them, not let them interfere with your, where you're going, stick in your lane. Don't let them come into your lane. Keep your eyes on your own paper. Yeah. Keep your eyes on your yoga mat. (laughs) Yes. Don't let Biff hurt your mom. But in this scenario, your mom is your business and you should mind your own. I don't know where I'm going with this at all. I am doing just about as well as his dad is at talking to his mom right now. Okay. Come on. <laughs> what else? Have I not are there any beautiful back to the future illusions that we haven't discussed yet other than just like our love and adoration for Doc Brown and for Clara? And for, you know, everybody in that wonderful film, is there something I haven't asked you yet about Back to the Future? What's our train? What's our train that they're riding on? Like, what is that for us right now? What is our train? Yeah. Where are we going? I don't know, but it looked pretty fancy, pretty cool. I I wanted, I was waiting for the number four to come out so we can check out the train and, and how it goes into the future and comes back and looks pretty cool. I think it looks like an amazing vehicle. So it what? does. And our podcast can be amazing vehicles for us. There, everybody. We did totally. it. Oh, we did it. I feel like maybe it's NFTs or maybe that's maybe oh. maybe maybe the NFT is our is our futuristic train. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> now there's an idea. <laughs> now there's an idea. All right. Here's my question for you. Two more. First one. It's Back to the Future 3. You wind up in the Old West. 
you cannot wear period appropriate outfits. What are you wearing in the old West trying to fit in, but not working? Lululemon pants. I I don't think those are working. You're getting your athleisure on, baby. T-back tank top and Lululemon's ready to go to the gym with my yoga mat. doesn't quite. They are not going to know what to make of you in that saloon. Oh, my goodness. But here in this reality, Michelle, it has been such a pleasure to sit down with you today. Tell me, tell all of us, how do listeners start a connection with you? Well, that's a great question. Uh, We have an event coming up and that is monthly. It's called podcastsalesmachinelive.com. I think it's a four-hour masterclass where you get to talk to me and Evans Putman, my partner, who is a monetization expert for podcasts. We're going to teach you the blueprint you need to get your business and your podcast in alignment and start making you some money. So uh, don't miss it. It's podcastsalesmachinelive.com. Fan flipping tastic. Michelle, both this week and last, it's been such a delight to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for braving the weathers of the internet to be here with me today. Well, thank you, Annie. This has been one of the most fun interviews I've ever done. <laughs> yes. Everybody else, I'm going to go gloat and I'll be back in a second with my final thought and your homework for the week. Well, hey there, listeners. Some weeks I try really hard to come up with homework that you won't see coming, but this week it's probably already occurred to you. Yep, this week your homework is to submit yourself to be interviewed on at least one podcast. Yep, a podcast telling you to podcast. I know, so meta, not to be confused with capital M meta and whatever the heck Zuckerberg is up to today, but I digress. You sitting there right this second. Yes, you have a message. Screw that. You have tons of messages, plus stories, tips, tricks, and super valuable asides that make your brain special. Podcasting is a phenomenal way not only to put that message out there, but to play with and refine your material and to find and bond with folks in your industry and ecosystem. Most of the guests on this show that I didn't already know have become my close friends or at least my associates that I'm glad to refer to. There are bajillions of ways to apply, including a Facebook group with 26,000 members. But I love the smaller podcasting communities where folks are specifically looking for their perfect match. I personally recommend matchmaker.fm, Podit, which is P-O-D-D-I-T, and the Podcast Collective. And if you're like me and you've already done a bajillion interviews this year, you're not off the hook for homework, my friend. Nope. Your task this week is to go back, not to the future, but to an episode you're proud of and repurpose the heck out of that content. You can cut it into audiograms, share it to YouTube, pull quotes into Canva, make a present for your guests, whatever, but make it all shiny and new and breathe new life into it because there's a lot of life left in it. I can't wait to see what you discover and hope you have fun finding it. Hey, thanks for listening. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy. 
and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. Listen, we talk a lot about marketing on this show, and that's because I fully, earnestly believe that every dime and every moment we spend marketing is totally worth it unless we turn around and sabotage ourselves at the finish by refusing to sell and sell beautifully. Why? A lot of us have a misconception of what selling actually requires of us or who it needs us to be. Please give me the opportunity to help change your mind at www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y.com. Big shout out to the fabulous dudes who helped make this show what it is. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My composer, Riley Herbastio. And my show artist, Francois Vigneault. They're all fabulous and I'd be glad to introduce you. Until next week, just do your best. And remember, you're too legitimate to quit.